This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 390. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and I'm joined today by Matthew Marister. Super excited to be here, back from SHOT Show and uh, a long list of recorded shows, but now we're live, so it's cool. Yeah, well, we did have an episode last week. Was that you? Mm. Yeah, you, you and... No, it was me and Matt, uh, Brian that did that Brian, episode last yep. week. Yep, yep, yep. And so now we got uh, Matthew here, of course. Uh, Brian was here to talk with us about, uh, uh, you know, trauma and medical kits and training and and that sort of thing as as part of the opening of the new Trauma Care Summit launch, which is still ongoing. So, folks, uh, hopefully you've been watching those free, 100% free and available videos. Uh, you, you know, if, if you missed it a little bit, well, then you've you've missed some because those those videos go live and they're live for twenty or excuse me for forty eight hours, and then they come down, uh, and so so the the content those videos will not be available to the general public forever for free. Um, they're available to permanently to those that purchase one of the new Mountain Man medical trauma kits. So you purchase one of those trauma kits during a launch, you get access to the training videos for life um, also guardian nation members get access to those as well they'll they'll be they'll just be a, a, another series of vi- videos available in the members only area so unfortunately if you missed a couple of the first videos here uh, well there's there's an option there uh, and I think we may have a pay option too if someone doesn't want to buy a trauma kit don't know why you wouldn't want to uh, then I think there'll be an option where you can after the summit's over you can I don't know. I don't know what they'll be priced at exactly yet, but uh, you can just buy them and have access to them that way. And I think they're pretty good. And, and there's there's more good stuff coming with them too, by the way. So really excited about that. Uh, to learn more, concealedcarry.com forward slash summit. Concealedcarry.com forward slash summit. The link for checking out the Mountain Man Medical uh, Trauma Care Summit. All right. So we're really having a good time with that. A lot of people watching those videos and seem to be really enjoying them. Like Jenny just told us a moment ago. Uh, in the uh, live comments here our well i kind of mentioned a sponsor but our official sponsor today is actually guns.com looking to buy your next used guns used guns yeah sure i'd like to buy multiple guns i was going to (laughs) say looking to buy your next used gun look no further than (laughs) guns.com uh so guns.com uh you know really doing i think a pretty cool thing with the way they have structured the online gun buying experience now of course anyone that's listening including any anti-gunners out there not that we have any anti-gunners listening to our podcast but you don't buy a gun online and have it shipped straight to you Hmm. unless you're a dealer (laughs) <laughs> and so but guns.com has streamlined the process and they have a huge selection available of all kinds of guns including some kind of unique pieces as well you go on there you'll see some some like collectible type guns you know really cool stuff or if you just want to buy a, a, a Glock or a SIG or whatever well all that stuff's out there as well just head on over to guns.com choose your gun add it to your cart pay for it it's going to be shipped to your your choice of a local dealer you can go and pick it up simple as that yeah, and, you, and, you, and you can sell your gun uh, they'll right. pay you know so that's good for a lot of states if they're going to uh 
you know, doing away with private party sales. That's yeah. a, a way you could. And, and that's, your that's a great point because we have to deal with that here in Colorado where uh, I, I, we, we have to facilitate sales, except for the family members, uh, through a dealer. And uh, it's kind of a pain in the butt. So mm-hmm. it's sort of really gotten rid of the market for used guns, uh, except for there's a few dealers around that, that will take them in as consignments or, or they'll just straight up buy used guns. But, but that's not as common as, as you would think. Uh, there, there's not all dealers do that. So, cause not all dealers want to deal with, with all of that. So, uh, and then, you know, having to like, just happen to find somebody like, okay. So this, this is the situation that came up. I had a friend recently asked me, Hey, I'm looking to sell a couple of guns. What do you recommend? And I'm like, well, I can put the word out. I can like, just let my friends know like, Hey, so-and-so's got a M1 Garand, you know, that's, that's one of the guns he's trying to sell. Uh, not sure why he wants to sell it. It's a pretty cool rifle. I would buy it in a heartbeat. That's what I told him too. I'm like, dude, I would buy your gun right now, <laughs> but I don't have two grand because his is his is a really nice one. Anyway, so yeah, guns.com is an option for that. I should have mentioned that to him, dude. Just go, you know, sell them to guns.com. Well, maybe not the M1 grand because it's pretty nice, and he probably won't get the value he wants out of it. Right, but everything right. else he can sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, guys, check out guns.com. Uh, I think you'll be pleased with the selection you see there and the ease of the purchasing process. So that's our sponsor for today. So give our sponsors some love. And so with that, we're on to today's topic. Today's topic is SHOT Show Roundup 2020, winners and losers. And actually, there's a lot more winners than there are losers. For but sure. I'd like to start off with our first loser, and that is our social media <laughs> director, Mitch, uh, who got the crud on like... Mm day four or five of the show <laughs> yeah so, that was sad <laughs> so the, the last so i mean he started feeling crappy i think on thursday uh <clears throat> thursday night i don't remember and then friday like he just didn't do anything all day mm. and then the poor sucker had to sit in my truck and of course the rest of us poor suckers had to be in the truck with him as we drove back to denver <laughs> thankful it wasn't like coronavirus or something right <laughs> as far as we know Right. You know, Mitch Mitch's a pretty tough dude. So I mean he could have just taken that coronavirus in stride. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pretty sick the last week or so. Uh not related to Shot Show, because it you know occurred uh you know, it's been two weeks plus or whatever since Shot Show ended, but uh but yeah, it's kinda put me down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not fun. But Mitch was really not enjoying his last day of Shot Show. So he's our first loser of SHOT Show 2020. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk about some things we saw that we liked that we thought was pretty cool. Um, you know, why don't you have uh, first dibs at the uh, the winner category here, Matthew? Okay, cool. Um, one of the ones, and I'll, I'll just cover it right now because I'm looking at the, the uh, paperwork I got, and it's from Talon Grips. Now, I mean, if you've, I know you like Talon Grips, Riley, and probably I, I know a lot of the the listeners do too. I've seen comments about Talon Grips anytime I I mention them, but the applied grip that you can put on your uh, your uh, grip to make it more gription, grippy, or whatever word you want to um, give it. But they have a new uh, material that's coming out that's like basically a combination of the granulated sandpaper type and the rubbery type. So it's like a perfect blend of both of them. And so I got my hands on it. It's really cool. I don't know if they're selling them yet, but um pretty excited because a lot of people will say, you know, 
I want to put, you know, the grip tape, the grip, the granulated ones, but when I have my carry gun, it rubs my side and stuff. And so, you know, maybe you don't put it on the inside or you use a rubber on the inside, uh, but this is, I'm telling you, it's a perfect blend of both. And it's, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I did get my hands on it personally because uh, I, I just didn't make it by their their booth at the show. But uh, based on your report of it, it sounds like a winner. Yeah, uh, I do like talon grips. I, the rubberized ones are they're uh, they feel good in the hand. That's mm. for sure. Um, but they're not as grippy as I'd like them to be. Right. So yes. you, you you're basically saying this. You know mm-hmm. the, the 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 granulated ones, the kind of like sandpaper ones, the skateboard tape style ones. Uh, I run those on a couple of my competition guns. Works fabulous, but yeah, to your point, you don't want to be running that all the time on a carry gun. So I'm um, really excited to see kind of this middle ground option. Yep. Uh, best of both worlds. Uh, so that's really cool. And, uh, you know, my experience talent grips have been very positive and, and they seem like they, uh, you know, they, they stay on the grip really good if you install them correctly and prep, prep it correctly and use your little heat gun or blow dryer or whatever to kind of seal them or whatever in, you know, but uh, yeah, been very impressed with town grips for sure. My first winner is the uh, shadow systems MR 920. Actually, I know that we had somebody here asking about that. Um, So, you know, and that that might become, that might come up, that might come (laughs) as I should slow down the, the mouth a little bit uh that might come as a surprise to some because it, it was not expected f- for me you know as far as coming away from the show and be like that was like one thing that i came to the show not expecting anything didn't know about it actually before the show and then i'm like actually that was a pretty cool uh little platform and, and it's cool for one particularly big reason and that is the fact that they patented a system, I don't know how else to describe it, where with their one slide with optics cut, it will fit a whole bunch of different optics. Mm. You know, so, so you know, mini red dot sights or slide mounted red dots or whatever, uh, you know, the, the pistol red dots is becoming a, a bigger and bigger thing. Uh, call it the, you know, MRDS revolution. You know, the pistol red dot revolution, whatever you want to call it. it. It pretty much, that's where we're at right now. We're in the heyday of people putting red dots on handguns. And uh, I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon, I'll be honest. Uh, so, you know, those that are out there that are kind of hesitant about, the, you know, getting on the bandwagon, that's fine. You know, but you're probably going to eventually come over. <laughs> Just like everybody now is putting red dots and all sorts of optics on their on their rifles on their you know carbines their defensive gun their defensive rifles uh you know th- th- this is just i think the a, another step in the natural evolution of firearms and particularly defensive firearms and so yeah. shadow systems patented this this optics cut that works with rmr and delta point pro and <clears throat> Uh, Vortex, and he mentioned a couple others, and I, I don't remember them all. They're, they're smaller brands and stuff that doesn't stand out in my mind as, as well. But just that alone right there, having those options and not having to use adapter plates, uh, which I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the adapter plates. Uh, number one, they place your optic at an even higher uh, height over bore. 
So that changes, you know, things in terms of how that optic is sighted in. Uh, it, it, it makes it more difficult to find sites that where if you want to have a co, well, not, I mean, people talk about co-witnessing. You don't really want to be, it's different when you're shooting a carbine than it is a pistol, right? So let's make that clear real quick that you don't necessarily want to co-witness your irons on your pistol to the dot in your, you know, red dot on your pistol. I mean, coincidentally, a lot of times the dot should be pretty close to your irons, but the point is those irons should be just visible above the, you know, the rear portion of the red dot. Uh, so you have that backup option and then your red dot, hopefully you're shooting with it kind of in the center of the window. That's where it's going to be most accurate. That's where it's going to be easiest to use and see. But anyway, so just, just knowing that we can get, get rid of the adapter plates and have all these different options available to us with one pistol uh, slide mounting solution, that's really uh, genius, actually, and that somebody's figured out a way to do that. Um, I got some I got some insider information, too, on another company that's doing something similar, and I don't know how that's going to play out because I don't know what the patent... Uh, what the details of the, of the shadow systems patent are necessarily, but I'm not, I don't know if I'm at Liberty to say what that other company is, but uh, you know, it's clear that companies are getting smarter about how they're building their pistols to accommodate the pistol red dot. And uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, we're in this heyday where things are getting, people are innovating very quickly and coming up with new and better solutions. I mean, maybe eventually we'll get to that point where there's, you know, where a lot of these optics companies sort of consolidate their footprints and just sort of like get on board with one or two, maybe three different footprints. Um, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, but that would certainly make people's lives a lot easier. But solutions like the Shadow Systems MR920 also make it a lot easier on people. So that was the one thing I walked away with. I'm like, that's cool because four or five years ago when Jacob and I attended our first shot show, I looked at him and I said, uh, the future is like in, in a few years, we're going to see every manufacturer putting out pistols that are optics ready. Mm -hmm. And that actually happened faster than I expected. Uh, I'm not saying I'm a prophet or anything like that. I just, I just remember telling him, like, dude, like, because I just was kind of, as I was walking the show a few years ago and looking at what was going on and things that were developing, I'm like, it's just a matter of time that before every single company has something that's optics ready. Yeah. And now, like, that's where everything is going to. So... All right. I went on probably too long, but there you go. Well, I, and I'll, I'll throw this in. I just looked up the, uh, the compatibility, uh, list for optics with that cut and it's the Tricon RMR SRO, the Holosun 507C and 508T, uh, the Delta Pro, Delta Point Pro, uh, Vortex Viper and True Glow True Tech. So there you go. Gotcha. Yeah, there you go. And and it may be compatible with others. They hadn't tested everything. Right. So right. if you're aware of another optic that, that fits, because I think that there's a few others out there that, you know, advertise that, hey, we, we kind of fit with the, pro, you know, within the footprint of like a Vortex or whatever, you know, and that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, this is so new that, and there's so many different optics options. As I was talking to Trevor, the the president and founder of, of Shadow Systems, he's like, yeah, he's like, we, there's probably others that fit. We just, we just, it's, it's really difficult to possibly know everything and, and be familiar right. with them. Speaking of Holosun, they were really smart. And, and 
with the 507, 508s, 509s, uh, making those work with the, the RMR cut. You know, an example of a company that could have just said, we're going to have our own footprint, but they sort of went, no, we're just going to do what Trijicon's doing. And I think that was really smart. Now we have the, uh, then we have the Shield RMS, RMS, really the RMSC, mm-hmm. uh, compact little uh, mini red dot uh, that's been around for a few years. And SIG announces the Romeo Zero last year and says, we're just going to make it fit the RMSC. And then you have Hallsun with the 507K come out and say, uh, we're just going to go with the now Shield slash Romeo Zero footprint. You know, so we're kind of, I think, starting to naturally see a little bit of that consolidation already. Now you've got uh, SIG also with their red dots. You know, they, they came out with their own footprint and kind of, I think, after the fact went, no, we should have just gotten on board with some of these other footprints. And so now, you know, everything they're putting out uh, as far as the Romeo 1 Pro, the Romeo 2, uh, those are the Romeo 3 is an exception, but uh, it, but it's a different use case anyway. Those are now fitting within the Delta Point Pro footprint. So, mm-hmm. so we are seeing, you know, we make it to a point where we have RMR and Delta Point Pro, and for mini guns, you know, like the the, the Shield uh, footprint, you know, kind of consolidate in that way. I think it's probably for the better, but we'll see what happens for sure. Yep. Cool. Uh, all right. Your next winner. Next winner. Um, let me see. All right. Now this is something I didn't get to shoot. I did. I just got to handle it and play around with it, but I think it's going to, I don't know if you got down to it, Riley, or not. We got some video of it, and the audio didn't end up working out, so we're trying to bring it to you guys. Um, but it is from CZ, and it is their uh, the D what was it DWX, and they have a DWX and a DWX compact. Now, if you like the CZ seventy five grip feel and, and and all that, and you like nineteen elevens you'll kind of like this because basically what it is, is it took a uh, CZ frame and put 1911 parts inside of it. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It felt so, so nice. Uh, I mean, everything about it now it's, it's uh, a Dan Wesson uh, CZ combination. And uh, if you go to their website, it's uh, it's called the DWX and it's nine millimeter um, it's going to be like $1,800 as far as what I saw for the, uh, for the compact. Um, but if that's your gig, you know, you like a uh, single action and you like a CZ 75, it's like the perfect of both worlds. It's super sweet. Yeah. Again, another one of those things that some of you guys were like, Riley, you got to go check this out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> But, you know, I got so much else going on that I just never, even though I walked by this easy booth a gazillion times, you know, it's it's it's, it's just one of those things where you're always running from one thing to another thing. Right. Um, I spent, you know, half my week in the SIG booth uh, podcasting. Uh, so that really kind of ate into a lot of my, what I, what might have been some free, you know, more free time than, uh, than other, than I, you know, that I normally would have maybe had. Um, but anyway, so that. I took a look at the gun online. I was looking at some images. It looks really sweet. Looks really slick. Uh, it's a a cool take on mm. a double stack nineteen eleven. Essentially, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, really platform wise, it's a nineteen eleven. Right. Uh, as far as 
how it operates, but you know, the frame and the grip and all that is, you know, more shaped and, and is double stack like a, like a CZ. So, uh, I think that there's going to be some people out there that, that really like that. Um, do you remember what the price tag on that thing was? The, the compact is 1800 bucks yeah. and I'll pull up the, uh, the full size guy here. Full size is going to be same thing, eighteen hundred dollars. So it's yeah. probably really not that bad when you think about it, because pretty much any sort of kind of premium twenty eleven, nineteen eleven CZ, well, yeah, some of the higher end CZs. I mean, that's kind of about what where you expect to be. I mean, eighteen hundred plus. Uh, you look at you know the 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 cool things that SDI's putting out, like the Staccato C and. And stuff like that. You know, those are like twenty four hundred bucks. You got the uh, Wilson uh, 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 EDCX nine. You know that that thing's like three grand. So I mean, it, it's that's probably for what it is, and you know the, the design of it, which is very unique. Uh, so it's one of those things. that's like you can't really find that anywhere else. So that alone has value. Um, so yeah, eighteen hundred bucks probably a pretty good value. It's out of my price range. I don't, you know, <laughs> Me too. I, I, I'm just not out there buying, you know, $1,800 guns all the time. So, um, but it's pretty but, cool. Yeah. And for what's inside of it, I mean, it's, it's not just like a, you know, a thrown together, uh, I mean, it has like match grade barrels the, the, the all, I mean, everything's fitted perfectly. So it's, it's probably, I mean, I would say it's worth it if that's what you like and, and, and you have the cash, then go for it. I suspect it'll be popular for comp- competition shooters. Yeah. Just like, you know, a lot of those CZs are anyway to begin with. But again, having a more of a 1911 operating gun, which is a really sweet system. Um, not that the CZs are bad, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a single action, mm-hmm. right? So you've got the, the, that beautiful single action 1911 style trigger, uh, you know, and a lot of the CZs are, are DASA gun. So, you know, you just eliminate that double action, go right down to a beautiful, crisp, light, single action. I think it's going to be probably a really, you know, sweet performer for a competition shooter. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And competition shooters are typically, you know, above average willing to, to spend, you know, money on their, on their competition guns. Not me. I just shoot a SIG. <laughs> Not that fancy. I'm happy <laughs> with my SIG. Uh, anyway, all right. So I'm going to now go with, and it's a, oh, and by the way, the Shadow Systems MR920. I probably didn't explain it very well for you podcast listeners. Uh, there are There is a video on a YouTube channel, speaking of which you guys should all go, if you're not already, go to conceal, concealedcarry.coms. It's, it's, it's literally written out. Concealedcarry, as in D-O-T, com, C-O-M. Search that in YouTube, find our page or whatever there, and subscribe to our channel. That's what we call it, not page, channel. Um, <clears throat> subscribe to our YouTube channel, and then you can go and, and see all these videos too. I, I, again, the video, because of some audio issues, uh, didn't work out for the uh, uh, CZ, Dan Wesson, you know, uh, pairing, marrying, whatever, the, you know, having a child there. Thing. <laughs> um but uh, uh, you can see a lot of these other things we're talking about. So the Shadow Systems MR920 is, is pretty much like a Glock 19, all right, for those of you that are not familiar with Shadow Systems and what they do. But they, they build everything in-house, which is really cool. The slides, the barrels, like it's all, it, their frame, it's all, 
it's unique and proprietary to them. I mean, there's going to be some crossover, I think, in, par- in terms of parts uh, from regular Glocks, but but they, they're building all that in-house, and it's pretty cool. So my second pick here is the Culper Precision Atomic 6. Mm, you beat me to it. Yeah. Um, so, so similar. Now, and it's kind of funny because I spent half my week at Six Hours Booth. Uh, we sponsor, had, you know, had six episodes sponsored by SIG. Uh, during the week of Shot Show, but then my first two picks of cool things I saw at Shot Show are basically Glocks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I, I I still love my Glocks, and I love seeing these innovative things that are being done with Glocks. So, the in all honesty, I think what the Culper Precision Atomic Six has done is even more impressive in terms of the technological advancement that it is um, than, say, like what Shadow Systems did with the MR920. But why is it my second pick as opposed to my first pick? Well, because I'm not sure that it's as useful as what Shadow Systems has come up with. Uh, so that's the justification. Now, in, in full disclosure, Culper Precision is a sponsor of mine as a competitive shooter. You don't hear them often mentioned as a sponsor of the podcast because they don't necessarily specifically sponsor the podcast or concealedcarry.com, although we have a very close relationship with those guys. Uh, but but they've built like my AR-15 that I shoot in 3-Gun and and done some other things for me. Um, and, I, and I love the guys over at Culper Precision. They got into something that I think is just incredible. Again, how useful it is, that's, that's up for debate. I think it's, I think it's got merit. All right, um, and I'll explain why that is. But what they did is they took a Glock 19 slide, and you know you see a lot of these aftermarket customizers and companies do you know like Zev and and uh, uh, having a brain fart all of a sudden. Um, come on, Matthew, help me out here. Oh, like maybe agency and agency those guys. Arms, thank yeah. you. That was another one I was trying. Or, or uh, <laughs> I'm really struggling today. The one that starts with an S. <laughs> um, that's salient. I, I, yeah, salient. Yeah, salient. Yeah. There you go. Okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Good Thanks thing I was your here. Help, Matthew. There you go. Man, uh, again, I've been sick and stuff, so just kind of you know the brain's a little bit cloudy. But uh, you know, you got these these customizers and custom Glock builders, essentially, right? And there's there's tons of other smaller companies doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, and a lot of times you see these custom slide cuts and and all kinds of you know stuff going on. People are probably like, well, that's dumb. That's silly. That's crazy. Like, why would I do that? Um, there's a lot of reasons why people might do some of the things. There's definitely some things that are done purely for looks. There's some things that are doing that are performance enhancers. And now, do you have to do any of this customization and, and upgrading and modification to your guns, to your Glocks and stuff? No. I, my Glocks are all basically 100% stock. Uh, I carry them. I shoot them. I shoot them fine. Uh, has I, I've been tempted to upgrade some things on them, but I just, eh, whatever. You know, it's a Glock's a Glock is a Glock. But <clears throat> here, what Culper has done is they, they took a Glock slide. And they removed 40% of the material from this slide. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Like normally your little slide cuts and stuff, you're probably taking out 5%, 10%, maybe. These guys, they took out almost half of the material in a Glock slide. And then that because that would be so much to the point that it would 
mean that that Glock would not hold up to uh, cycle, you know, many cycles. Uh, it would probably break, you know, pretty quickly. Maybe it would break after one shot. I don't know. They then replaced that removed steel with carbon fiber. But here's the thing: like getting carbon fiber to uh, to mesh with steel is not the easiest thing in the world. You know, so I mean, there's ways to do it, but you know, if you look at how the Cold Precision Atomic Six came together, the way that's done is. It, it almost looks like they inlaid carbon fiber into these cuts. So <clears throat> that's not an easy thing to do. And so they went through a ton of iterations of how to essentially weld this carbon fiber to this steel to maintain strength, right? And and they've tested through, I don't know, tens of thousands of rounds through the Atomic 6, and it's holding up beautifully. Uh, so clearly what they've come up with has worked. Now, many of you are wondering why. Well, it's just like a conversation I was having with somebody earlier today about AR-15s uh, set up for like particularly competition use and using a, a lightweight bolt carrier group. And the reason why is because the less mass you have cycling, it's going to change that recoil impulse. And in most cases, with everything being tuned in, in, a, in a nice way, is going to reduce felt recoil it's going to have a, a better nicer softer faster recoil impulse and that's essentially what this atomic six does and so you're going to get a very fast cycling slide while you, people are probably hearing fast and they're equating that to being hard to shoot and snappy well that may be true to an extent as far as it is fast and it is kind of snappy in a way but it's not that doesn't necessarily equate to recoil is bad. So it's kind of like shooting the 365. Now, I know there's some people out there that, that shoot a 365 and they go, it's snappy and it's hard to shoot. It's hard to control. Uh, with good, proper shooting technique and some strength, and I'm you know fairly strong uh, in my hands and my arms, the 365 is, is snappy, but it's really easy for me to shoot for a small gun. Uh, because of similar reason, because it recoils and cycles so fast that you're not getting this big push or anything like that. You're just getting this, pop, pop, you know, and it's right back on target, just like that, lickety split. And that's essentially what the Atomic 6 accomplishes. Uh, and what they've done, I think, whether you think it's cool or useful or not, is they've come up with a process that is now patented or patent pending that as far as how they've incorporated the use of, of of carbon fiber into a gun component. This is not a barrel. Like Proof Research has been making carbon fiber barrels for years. This is into a, a, a component that's cycling and is taking a beating. I think it opens the door for other people to go, hey, that's cool, and I think it ushers in potentially other innovations in the firearms world. And that is why Culper Precision's Atomic 6 is an absolute winner from uh, shot show 2020 they didn't they didn't actually have a booth in the show but they were at the industry day at the range so we got to see it there and shoot it and you know of course talk to our, our guys there our friends at culper precision and i was really impressed with what they've come up with yeah i thought it was really cool and, and and as you were as you were talking about it just now i was thinking you know like there as you add most companies you know are giving you an optic ready gun out of the out of the 
um, from the factory, right? So when you add an optic to it, uh, maybe people are shooting guns with compensators. All this added weight affects the the speed of the, the you know the cycle and and how the the slide cycles and everything, right? So it it, it makes sense to that this might be a way that they can you know, balance out that slide so they, they can continue to get, you know, quick uh, cycling times, even with maybe adding a, a, an optic or something. Now, optics aren't that ex uh, heavy, but still every little bit, um, you know, adds weight to the slide or possibly maybe you put, you know, that carbon fiber in where you're mounting the optic and it gives you the ability to change, you know, holes, holes, patterns and things like that. So it could open up a whole new a whole new avenue for uh, for gun owners, like you said, and I think it's going to be really, really interesting what they come up with, not just on handguns, but maybe in rifles and other things. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Matthew, what's next, buddy? Okay, one more that I liked, and this is uh, this is one that I think you'll like as well because it's right up your alley. That you you know that that thing you're on with the Glocks, but we got to talk about the PSA nine millimeter dagger. The uh, Glock yep. handgun from from PSA. So basically, they made their own Glock. Yep. Is pretty much what it comes down to. Like um, like Shadow Systems. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, which is so again, this year seems to be the year of the Glock. Even though Sig is absolutely killing it with a lot of stuff that they're doing and and, and making and innovating in, but yeah, it's like the year of the Glock. So tell us about the Dagger DS9. Yeah, it was cool. Like I, I went over there. It was difficult to get in and talk to these guys because they were so swamped with people talking about this Glock because or this gun because uh, they're selling it. It's going to be like around two ninety nine, right? So like three hundred bucks for a, a, a Glock type pistol. Um, they're they have optic ready versions. They have you know ones that are all. Um, juiced up with threaded barrels and stuff like that. But uh, your base model, you're going to have 300 bucks. You're going to have a, a Glock. I took it apart while I was there. And I mean, it. the, the internals, if you just looked at it, you would think you're looking at a Glock. The, the um, I believe he said that all the way up to like Gen 3 triggers will drop in um, into a into the dagger, um, no problems. All magazines work compatibility wise. So, I mean, it's a Glock, right? So, yep. um, it's really cool. And I think you know PSA they they make good stuff. They make most of their stuff. I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Is they make it themselves. So, you know, they're producing this gun and I think that they're going to sell a ton of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, that and that's why this particular one is such, that's why this is noteworthy because it's a Glock that you could buy for sub 300 bucks. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, you know, has, and has some improvements to it, you know, arguably. I mean, like, here, here's what's cool about all this, okay? So I know that some of you are like, why can you please just stop talking about Glocks? Uh, but but we're, we're not going to just yet because, <laughs> um, you know, here's why this is cool. This is cool because we're seeing, again, all this additional innovation to a platform that's been around for nearly 40 years, and has been supposedly perfected. <laughs> right. But, you know, here's the thing. Here's here's what it opens up. It opens up a whole new range of possibilities that might 
change things in certain gun owners' uh, minds and opinions. I mean, a lot of the things about, like, if so if you're not a Glock fan, you don't like Glocks, you don't like the way it points or shoots or feels or whatever it is, here's what's cool about all these companies doing all this innovation with with this platform is it allows them to make, you know, a whole new version of really what is now kind of an old design and an old platform. And so in the case of like the shadow systems, you know, you, you can change the back straps on those and it's a way better design than what Glock has come up with. You know, Glock has like these little pieces that you snap on to the back of the Gen 4, Gen 5s. Wow, that's innovation for you there. You know, <laughs> Glock could just totally come up with a whole new frame with interchangeable back straps like companies like, you know, Shadow Systems uh, or Nomad, you know, are doing with their their cut their new uh from the ground built up, you know, Glock frames. And you can change the feel and the and even the angle and how it points and everything with these new newly redesigned Glock, Glock frames. Right. And so, you know, that's like one of the big things. A lot of people are like, I don't like the grip angle of a Glock. Well, you can now find a Glock out there that feels more like an, a normal gun. Right. <laughs> like everybody else makes guns, you know, like Smith & Wesson, like SIG, like 1911s. And so that's why this is cool. All right. Because more options is gooder. It's always better. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, not everything works out over time. You know, things come, things go. But there will be some things that will stay, and it will make the world a better place. You know, I had the opportunity to interview Bruce Gray um, at the six-hour booth. And uh, folks, if you didn't hear that episode 387, I think it was, uh, something like that, just a few episodes ago, you should go back and listen to that. And it's really fascinating listening to him talk about some of the developments in handguns that have occurred in his lifetime and things that he's been a part of and and the and masters of pistol smithing that he sort of learned from and, and, and paid attention to. I mean, something as simple as a as a beveled or enlarged magwell, you know, and I think that was a Packmire creation. I can't, I might've gotten that wrong. I have to go back and I took some notes actually as I was, I went back and re-listened to that, that interview with Bruce because there was so much like just pure knowledge about like history of, of modern handguns that he dropped in that one episode. So you'll want to go listen to it if you haven't already. And, and, and so my point is, is that, like we're yes we're in the age of these plastic guns but we're seeing all this cool innovation and creation and invention and I, that's a good thing now you got companies like sig coming out with the tungsten infused grip module for the 320 yep. series that's a game changer mm-hmm. all right because on the one hand you have a company like walter making really cool guns and coming out with their q5 steel frame series this year they announced their steel frame uh, it was their uh, their Q4. So the Q5 is the like you know full five inch barrel length competition geared. Now the Q4 is more of a duty oriented gun, but with a steel frame in a striker fired gun. Well, you got Sig making a polymer frame gun, which reduces cost, which arguably is softer to shoot because there's a little bit of flexion that occurs in that polymer material as the recoil is taking place, uh, as opposed to steel. It's just going to transfer it straight into your hand. Um, You know, just so many cool innovations happening in this day and age. All right. 
uh, a glopalypse now, a glocalypse, <laughs> <laughs> as Jeff here says in the in the com- live comments. That's funny, dude. Uh, you guys are <laughs> glockosis. Sean says glockenspiel, <laughs> <laughs> and here's David. Glock suck. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So let's let's change. Let's kind of sw- switch things up here. Uh, okay. Other. Let's see. You just did the the dagger. I am going to then talk about the Holosun five hundred seven and four hundred seven K models. And I kind of hinted at those earlier, talking about red dots. But uh, I had the opportunity to to check out the new Holosun five hundred seven and four hundred seven K models. Uh, they're basically the same optic, except you know the, the distinction is that the 407K is just a straight up six MOA dot, I think, or four. Uh, I can't remember. It's just a dot, okay, in the in the reticle. The 507K is is uh, you can change it from like a circle dot to just a dot to something else. I think there's three options. And so the 507K is is rather remarkable because so far we've had the Shield RMSC, uh, which you're familiar with, Matthew. I think you've got yes. one. Yep. I've got one. In fact, I've got one sitting right here in its box because I pulled it off uh, off of a, a off of a uh, Springfield Armory Hellcat mm. that I'm working on reviewing. And so, since for those of you that are viewing live, you know this is the RMSC. And it's relatively small, and it works well on these micro compact guns like a P365, P365XL. Yes, you have to have your P365 milled if you want to fit this into the slide. Uh, Matthew's had that done and has an RMSC uh, uh, mounted on his. Mm-hmm. And this one came on the Hellcat that I have that I'm reviewing, and I took it off just to you know play around with some things, and and I'll probably throw this on the 365XL because I'm still waiting on my Romeo Zero. <laughs> I might get the Holosun 507K before my Romeo Zero ever shows up. <laughs> but here's the thing. This thing is relatively lightweight. I mean, literally, it is lightweight, but yeah. lightweight also in terms of its strength and its construction. It's not super strong. The, the Romeo Zero is not either. Uh, now, the one exciting thing I did see, talking to the folks at the Sig Sauer Media uh, day and talking to Bruce Gray and his team, Keith and and uh, Jordan at Gray Guns, is they had and this is the first I'd seen it. And Sig still isn't really talking about it, but they've got a sh- a, a shroud coming for a steel shroud for the Romeo Zero, yes. uh, just like they've got the steel shroud for the Romeo One optics, which is awesome. Okay, so the Romeo Zero with that shroud, I think, will be pretty solid. Um, back to the Holosun 507K. They take they took something on this footprint, made it stronger and tougher. That's a good thing. And Hall Sun is really winning uh, in, in in a lot of ways in the optics game, doing really good stuff, high quality product, uh, you know, good reasonable price. People seem to like them. They're getting good reviews. Uh, there's some big names in the industry that are recommending them. I mean, and I'm not talking about some of the big big names you think I'm talking about. I'm talking about guys that really really have seen crap <laughs> and, 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 and run their gear hard. Um, so anyway, 507K, mini red dot, like really a micro red dot optic for your micro compact guns. It's another option coming to market. It's a great, I think it's going to be a winner in a lot of respects. Uh, provides an, an option that's a little bit more durable, a little bit tougher, 
and with some different reticle options than the other options that currently exist from Shield and from SIG. So I was really impressed with the 507K. I'm hoping to get my hands on one here soon. It's supposed to come out in towards the end of first quarter, if not towards the beginning of second quarter. So that kind of probably April time frame. Uh, and uh, I'm really excited to see them. Very cool. I think we should do, we got to do the, the loser, the losers. Yep. That was, that was what <laughs> I was thinking is now it's time for the lose, the, the loser. Yeah. <laughs> of I, Shot Show. I, okay. I, I, and, and real quick, I, we, we, I don't like to talk bad about it, anybody yes. or about companies. Right. Uh, so, you know, just know that this is all just in, in, in good fun, but this product is kind of legitimately a bit of a loser product for one really good reason. And I will let Matthew explain now. Okay. So here's the deal. There is a section of shot show with up and coming booths and stuff where, um, where you might not get a booth, uh, an actual booth on the floor until the following year. And you got to get, you got to kind of break into, into shot show. So these are, uh, sometimes startup pro, uh, companies or companies that, you know, don't have as much pull as some of the other ones and, and, and whatnot. So, uh, while Jacob and I were walking around, we saw a, a booth up here or a little key. It's like a kiosk and the, it was a safe and, uh, there was no product. It was just something that said like, a this high speed, new fangled, you know, safe, um, gun safe. And so we're like, okay, give us the, 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 you know, your, your sales pitch. And so he says, we don't have a product. It's, it's in the works, um, but we have a video for you to watch. It's on this, this laptop. And I'm like, okay. So Jacob's like, I'll listen to the video. And he's like, okay, but you got to wear these headphones because it's loud and you won't be able to hear. So Jacob's listening to the video and watching the video and I'm kind of watching it and talking to the guy in here, hearing this pitch. And basically what he tells me is this safe is the first safe that fights back. And I'm like, okay, explain that to me. So he says, uh, the safe has a series of protections around it. Now, I, I'll just tell you how, how this works. They progress in severity and lethality and everything that you'd want, right? So basically what this does is you put whatever you want in the safe, you lock it up, and once it's locked... If somebody tries to access it first, they're blinded by no, no. First, there's a high pitch siren that is deafening, and they can't. You know, it's going to incapacitate you, right? Okay. So loud well, now. Now, does how how close do you have to be? I'm curious. He didn't say. He said oh, in okay. the vicinity. So you, I, I don't know how it's set up. There's trip wires or like <laughs> there's like a monkey in there that way. I, I don't know, but basically it senses that you get too close now. And then the siren that's, you know, will destroy blood will come out of your ears and everything. Um, and if that doesn't stop you, then a light comes on that he says is as bright as the sun. However, it won't, it won't hurt your eyes. But it is as bright as the sun. So you probably don't want to look at it. Now, if for some way that you put like your ear, your hands over your ears, or you have hearing protection and you cover your eyes and you make it and you grab a hold of the safe, it will start electrocuting you. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. So it will start electrocuting. Now, at first, it's a light, like just, you know, it zaps you, lets you know. 
if you continue to say that's not bothering me and I'm going to continue to try to break into the safe, then it amps up the, the amperage and then you can, you, you have to let go. Now, I, I'm not an electrician, but I know like once you grab onto something and it starts electrocuting you, you can't <laughs> let go of it. Right. And so we're like, what are you talking about? Like, and so I'm talking to this guy, Jacob's looking, he pauses it. He's like, hang on, I got to talk to you. And he, he tells the guy, your fingerprint ID reader thing is right over the trigger guard on your safe. You can't put it there. He's like, oh yeah, well, I've been telling them, but they don't really want to listen. We're like, Okay. How, one question. How does this know who is authorized to, to access this, this safe? And he says, well, we, we haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> so basically right now you just have this device that it, like scares you to even go in the room. You put whatever in there and nobody goes in there because nobody knows how to turn it off or access it. So it's, a, it's an incredibly effective safe. If you never want to get whatever you put in there out ever again, <laughs> so it it serves a purpose. Now, now it, did I hear correctly though that when you touch it and it starts shocking you, that the longer you're you're in contact with it, the voltage increases or yes, something like that? Yes, yes, it just <laughs> continues. I I don't know when it stops. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it was it was extremely strange product. I don't know the application. Maybe somebody has an application for it. I don't know, but it seemed a little bit aggressive for me, for my taste. <laughs> there it is. Oh wow, that's that's uh. That's wild, bro. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, it's not the first time I hear this story. Uh, that's why I asked you to share it, and that's why I, I kind of had a feeling this would be a loser of, of <laughs> you know this episode today. Uh, so, uh, uh, but okay, talking about innovation, is it innovative? Uh, I suppose is it innovation in the right direction? I it doesn't sound like it at least yet. <laughs> yeah, need a little bit, a little mis massaging that that idea. I, I I guess if you could figure out how to, uh, you know, to 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 make it work so that it'll recognize whoever is authorized to actually use it, then it would be a very secure safe, presumably. So mm -hmm. maybe uh, like a gun store owner would like to have one of these. <laughs> Yeah, and be able to like disarm it while you're driving up to the to the store yeah. or something like miles away. I, I I can you know disarm my security system for my phone. Right. Yeah, I've got a. I also have one of these. Uh, oh man, I am really struggling today. The gun box. That's what it is. Mm. Uh, one of these little you know, it's a got Bluetooth or Wi-Fi connectivity, a uh, little safe thing, you know. And I've been testing that out, and actually, I haven't figured out. Uh, the the whole app with it, or if I can unlock it from the app, I haven't bothered with that. But it actually works pretty well as a little quick access safe, you know, with RFID access, fingerprint access, entering a code, you know, whatever. You have three options, which is which is kind of cool. Although I will say that it's been the most reliable uh, biometric reading safe that I have tested so far, mm -hmm. and that's actually saying a lot because I've tested a number of different models. And one of the reasons why I, I keep not coming back to or why I don't recommend biometric quick access safes is because of false uh, negative reads. 
mm-hmm. where you know false negative is just you put your fingerprint on it and it says nope that's not one of the the you know that's not one of the program pre-programmed fingerprints uh and that's a problem because you want it in that moment and all of a sudden your safe is saying Mm-mm, nope no can access uh this one's been very reliable uh, it's i've still had false negatives though right so that's where i still come back to just entering a code that's why the gun vault ones are so great because they're easy to use in that regard and it's really not that hard to have a code that you could enter in lickety split um the rfid feature is kind of cool on the gun box safe I will, I will say that much. I've been quite impressed with, with uh, that feature and how well it works. Uh, I, I've been looking at a, they have an RFID ring. To me, that would be the most practical thing to have and to use because I've got a little key fob sort of thing. And, I you know, okay, so I'm going to have that on my keys. Well, I don't always have possession of my keys. So I don't want my children getting access to those keys. And two, they have like little, you know, RFID cards and well, okay, you know, but that's not very practical to haul around with me all the time, or to have it three a.m. in the morning, you know. So having like a little ring or something that I wear all the time, or a watch, but I have a watch I like, so you know. But I'd be happy to just have a ring on my finger with RFID, and and in that case, that gut box thing works really well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, we went from crappy. Well, I don't know if I'd say crappy or not. The jury's still out on. Uh, do you remember what the name of that? company was i i was scarred and i i forgot (laughs) so i apologize (laughs) well we'll we'll see them maybe at a future uh shot show when they have things figured out a little bit better yep uh so but anyway guys uh there's there's more we could talk about there's more products that we did see and you know things we could share uh but we're out of time unfortunately for today just kind of want to give you a couple of uh, highlights um again i spent a lot of my time in the sig booth and SIG, I think, is doing some really uh, cool things. I'm really impressed with the some of the designing and redesigning they're doing with some of their optics. Um, I'm really impressed with more and more stuff coming from them. So to, to throw them some love. Uh, Spencer Wesson, of course, another big player in the industry. I saw somebody comment, you know, what about the... Uh, uh, the E, uh, nine easy the the mmp mm. shield easy nine millimeter version um I, I didn't have a chance to shoot it but i've handled it and you know it feels very similar and operates very similarly to the 380 version of the same gun and it seems like a decent little gun and if you're someone that's a little bit sensitive about racking the slide or whatever it's going to be a great option for you uh, i don't think it's going to be the option for me i don't like it any better than than some of my other options but it looks like it'll be a great little gun for a number of people out there in the market so again more options cool stuff um it's just the shield easy nine and some of these other things just weren't quite cool enough to make it onto the list today so but hey if there's anything we missed or that you're aware of or that you saw maybe some of our listeners i know were at the shot show as well and if you feel like something should have been included in today's episode hit us up send us a message at podcast at concealed and let us know what did we miss or what did we get wrong I know the first message we're going to get is too much Glock. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, guys, it's time to wrap it up. Let you go. Uh, appreciate you, your support of the podcast. Last month, by the way, was one of the biggest months in terms of podcast downloads we've ever had. And I was really excited and pr- proud of that fact. And and we, we couldn't do what we do without all of you. So a big thanks to all of you out there listening, viewing, watching, whatever. Thank you for your support of the Concealed Carry podcast and everything we do here at ConcealedCarry.com. 
So with that, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. Take care.